Write On with HPL, How to Prevail in Your Writing Journey. Episode one, read widely and pick your teachers. The Write On with HPL podcast is presented to you by Houston Public Library. Are you a creative writer? Have you ever wondered how to improve your writing or ever had interest in joining a writer's group? Or maybe you've gotten a tough critique on a piece and you're questioning whether the writing life is for you. These are all great questions. My name is Marilyn. And my name is Rachel. And here on this podcast, Write On with HPL, we'll offer you some tips and tricks on how to prevail in your writing journey. Today, we are going to discuss the dual importance of one, reading a wide range of literature, and two, picking master writers from that range. We can't emphasize enough how vital these two practices are for your writing and why these two should go hand in hand. They've shaped not only our own writing journeys, and Marilyn's going to give some examples pertaining to the novel she's currently writing, but they have also actually helped us become healthier, more well-rounded human beings. Let's jump in. If you're in school, or wherever in school, your language arts teachers probably have made you read classic works of literature because of state requirements. Different states require different works, but typical examples include The Great Gatsby and The Scarlet Letter and Shakespeare's canon. And maybe you connected with some or even all of these classics, or maybe you thought that they were boring or hard or too many were written by dead white men. I'm not here to judge you if you didn't like what you had to read. I majored in literature, and there are definitely famous works out there that I could not finish. But here's the thing. If you want to write, you got to know who's come before you. The poet T.S. Eliot wrote this famous essay in 1919 called Tradition and the Individual Talent. It's online if you want to read it. Fair warning, it's European-centric and is male-centered and long and kind of pretentious, not to mention filled with plenty of hot takes on how to approach writing. Still, Eliot makes the point that I'll partly paraphrase, that all writers are in a tradition and it can't be helped, but, quote, the historical sense compels a man to write not merely with his own generation in his bones, but with a feeling that the whole of the literature of Europe, from Homer, and within it the whole of the literature of his own country, has a simultaneous existence and composes a simultaneous order, end quote. Basically, timeless writing, writing that transcends the present day and speaks to humanity outside your bubble, is in a long line of literature that came before it. You're participating in something much bigger than yourself. A great example of a writer who took this to heart was Madeline Lingle. Many of her books reference famous thinkers from literature, science, and theology, and her most well-known book, A Wrinkle in Time, is no exception. In addition to being a groundbreaking work of science fiction in 1962, Lingle quoted from several works written by people like Dante and Euripides and Shakespeare, as well as from several Bible scriptures, and even tipped her hat to the Buddha and Einstein. Truly, this short book really is in participation with so many great thinkers and works from across time and different cultures. I'm not saying you need to quote great thinkers in your writing. No, not at all. It's just to say, Read up on who's come before you. Give the classics a couple tries. Take notes, and you'll grow as a writer. But don't just read the old school classics that, it's true, were written by tons of people of the same ethnicity and gender and culture. You should read groundbreaking new stuff as well. 
To be a healthy writer and, dare I say, a well-rounded human being, you need to read diversely. For example, if you're writing a book where there's magic, but the only magic-themed book you've read is Harry Potter, your creative options will be limited. You could get great new ideas for how to handle magic in your book by reading about the fascinating abilities in Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi, or you could read about girls trying to figure out magic with no teachers or training at all in When We Were Magic by Sarah Gailey. The point is, the more broadly you read, the more you'll open your eyes to different possibilities of what writing can be. When was the last time you read a book or poem written by someone with a completely different background than yours? Someone who had a different sexual orientation, a different religion, or different political views, or a work of translation from a non-European culture. An example I have to offer is the 2019 young adult novel, Frankly in Love, written by David Yoon. It's a tour de force book, it's funny and heartbreaking, and I just cannot recommend it enough. I admit that I originally wanted to read the novel because it takes place in the same California county that I got my undergraduate education in. When I read the novel, it opened my eyes to the challenges and complexities of the Korean-American immigrant experience. I even learned a new term for referring to people of my ethnicity, European-American, which I've actually started using to refer to my heritage. You never know. In addition to educating your imagination, these works might give you a new perspective for your own life. After you start reading widely, you'll begin to notice that some writers are absolutely just fantastic at their craft. Maybe they create really vivid characters or dialogue that just sounds incredibly natural. Maybe they know how to write concise, powerful sonnets. Awesome that you notice that. So start to jot down notes while you read, but not actually in the book unless you personally own the book. No notes and library copies, please. Make a short list of master writers whose techniques you want to imitate. But also, whether it's the same writers or other writers, also keep a list of what you want to avoid. Maybe a poet that you're reading uses too many adjectives, or a book series that you're tracking has a frustrating repetition of plot devices. Ask yourself, what does my work really need? How will I accomplish this? And what does my writing need to avoid or remove? Here are some examples from the novel I'm currently working on. My book is a Western that takes place in an alternate universe. And in some ways, it's kind of an ironic or anti-Western because I actually think lots of books and movies made about the Wild West have some pretty problematic tropes like racism and, you know, sexism. Something that I need to work on in my story is developing agency in my protagonist. We'll talk about this more in a later episode, but the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines agency as the condition, capacity, or state of acting or exerting power. Characters that lack agency are those who are unable to affect change or lack goals that drive their actions, or they can't make up their minds. At best, they're along for the ride with whichever characters that do know what they're doing, and at the worst, they're on the receiving end of more effective characters' actions. My protagonist, Edith, got some criticism when I initially introduced my prologue and first chapter to a writer's group. See, the start of the book begins with her showing up in a foreign culture, having left her hometown that burned down. So there's a ton of world building and Edith's doing a lot of observing and processing of this new culture she's in. And a lot of people asked me, what is her goal? What's driving her motivations? She needs to do more than just observe. 
She needs to advance the action if she's the main character. And that was really good feedback. It opened my eyes to a significant problem in the text. However, because of the way that I originally wrote the story, Edith joins the local military as a new recruit, so that complicates her ability to do anything except follow orders. It's an issue I'm still mulling over, I'll be honest. To get back to the second theme of this episode, how to learn from master teachers, I'd like to talk about some writers out there who've written westerns that I think illustrate what I'm trying to do and not do really clearly. First, I'll discuss the novel True Grit, which has terrific storytelling, but there are some genuine problems with it. However, the second book, News of the World, has everything I'm looking for, how I want to write, with spectacular prose and great characters to root for. Both books have some key differences I'm making note of. First up is the writer Charles Portis, who passed away in 2020. His single Western novel, True Grit, published in 1968, is about 14-year-old Maddie Ross, who in 1878 sets out to take revenge on her father's murder in Native American territory. The plot details her perilous journey with two bounty hunters as they seek to track down the killer. The book has been made into two notable film adaptations, with the first one rather sentimentally acted by John Wayne in 1969, and the 2010 version brilliantly adapted by the Coen brothers, featuring Haley Steinfeld, Jeff Bridges, and Matt Damon. I'm taking notes on Portis's witty, scintillating prose and his use of dialect, and, most of all, his protagonist, Maddie, who is this supercharged, strong female character. She has this tremendous go-getter, no-nonsense agency that drives much of the action, and I find all of that really compelling. And her goal is vengeance, which comes across crystal clear. While my Edith isn't as intense as Maddie, one of the things I've done is partly rewrite my protagonist's personality, so she's more tempestuous for a new recruit, someone who questions out loud the information she receives in training. But see how that still doesn't answer what Edith's goals are? Ultimately, I came to realize that her main goal early on is survival, ever since she left her wasteland of a hometown. But that can't sustain the entire plot, so I still have work cut out for my character. Here's something I want to add about True Grit if you've never read the book and are interested in picking it up. The book debuted in the late 1960s. And I want to be honest with you that there are a couple instances of truly upsetting racism in the writing. Not just historical racism between characters, like when two characters, one unsavory and one supposedly good, voice racial epithets regarding people of color, but the writing itself is racist at times. What I mean is, many of the descriptions of the Native American, African American, and Chinese American characters in the book come across like old stereotypes. All these moments are painful to read and absolutely unacceptable. I will say that the movies generally edited these things out, so they came as a surprise when I read the book afterwards. This is all to say, I'm also taking notes of how not to write like Portis. Racism is part of my story's plot, yes, but I'm asking myself frequently as I write, am I, Marilyn the author, respecting my characters of color? Am I giving them careful nuance? Are they compelling and believable, or am I using stereotypical language to describe them, etc., etc.? Yikes. Yes, everyone should definitely try to be aware of stereotypes and biases when writing. 
and try to seek out a reader with a different background than your own who can help you see your blind spots. But Marilyn, you said you had a different Western that you loved, right? Yes, that's right. In contrast, the Western that I'm completely excited to tell you about is the 2016 novel News of the World by Paulette Giles. The book's premise concerns a man who goes around different towns in 1870s Texas reading the news, and along the way, he takes on the difficult mission of returning a 10-year-old girl who was kidnapped by Native Americans and taking her back to her last surviving relatives 400 miles south near San Antonio. While I'm not a person of color, I humbly think that Giles handles her descriptions of people of color in 1870s Texas with real kindness and class, compared to Portis. She doesn't go the other end of the spectrum, though, and make everybody saints, but rather every single person in her book comes across as fully human, and I think that even includes her humanizing the Kiowa tribe that kidnapped the girl in the first place. Pretty impressive. Everyone gets a motivation, and whether it's good or bad, it's always believable and compelling. That's how I want to write. And that reminds me of a distinction between True Grit and News of the World. With True Grit, it's a story of vengeance as young Maddie fully intends to take the life of the man who murdered her father. Despite her being a seemingly faithful Christian, and despite her quoting several Bible verses, she brims with bloodlust. Call that thirst for vengeance typical for this genre? But with News of the World, Paulette Giles offers a vision of a more complex and compassionate Western. Her protagonist, Captain Kidd, sees nuance in much of the world, and he is moved by love and compassion to take this stranger, the child Joanna, who speaks no English, back to her family, even though the trip will be dangerous. Do you see how I'm taking notes on both? I want to take what is constructive and excellently written in both True Grit and News of the World and incorporate those things in my Western, even though I have to grieve what is racist in True Grit. That's doing the work of a healthy writer, holding what is good and constructive in one hand, and what is messy and problematic in the other, and having my eyes wide open at all times. I can't speak for anyone but myself, but I want to write a Western that, yes, meditates on human messiness and violence, but also one that is about my protagonist learning to respect and love all kinds of people, and to make amends after screwing up and hurting some of them. And likewise, my protagonist needs to learn how to forgive and love herself. Maybe it's not a typical Western, but it's me responding to the tradition of Westerns and seeing a way to both participate in and react against this complicated genre. It's your turn now. What literature will you read? What master teachers will you learn from? And what kind of notes will you take to inform your writing? There's an exercise I did in one of my writing workshops in college that will help put mindful reading into action. Take an author whose works you love and think about what it is in their writing that really captivates you. Maybe their sentences are short but effective. Maybe they have really snappy dialogue and good humor. Whatever it is, make note of it while you're reading. Then try writing a page of an original story or poem or essay in their style. Make up your own plot, but try to write it in the way that your favorite author would. This is a fun exercise that helps you figure out how you can borrow from authors you love while also maintaining your own originality. And maybe you'll figure out that their style is good for them but not for you. That's okay too. At least you tried something new with your writing. If you try this exercise out, 
We'd love to hear what writer inspired you and read what you wrote. Share your writing on social media using the hashtag ILoveHPL so we can follow along with your progress. Write on with HPL, how to prevail in your writing journey. Episode one, read widely and pick your teachers. The Write On with HBO podcast is presented to you by Houston Public Library.